bet the game. Sounds crazy, Frank. <laughs> Maybe just crazy enough to work. Sports betting with an Oregon lead. Powered by Sports Radio 750, The Game, Portland's most listened to sports station. You probably won't say it again. I bet I do. Okay. Chris. Now, here are your hosts, Judah Newby and Zach Schlegel. championship weeks are finally here in the power fives the group of fives we got college football playoff birds on the line tie stakes moments zach schlegel judanubi bet the game once again back with you right here on 750 the game great time of year zach conference championships we're on the eve of them, man, and there's a lot of intriguing lines, as always. Oh, yeah, very intriguing lines, as always, Judah. I'm really stoked for Friday. It's coming up. Pac-12 championship. It's going to be brutal weather, they say. Yeah. Rainy, windy, 10 to 20 mile per hour winds at Levi's Stadium. Ugh. So, and the total has been dropping yeah. from that <laughs> opener of 50. Let's just get that under and <laughs> cash it in right now. Yes, sir. As an Oregon fan, though, yourself, having went there, um... You saw how the Civil War played out the week after the Arizona State loss on the road. Civil War was a pretty flat game start to finish. I know Oregon doesn't have playoff um, hopes anymore, but you were hoping for something with a little bit more edge and feel. Beavers cover, like the lean that you had on the pod last week. Uh, but how are you feeling going into this matchup with, with Utah with so much more on the line? Yeah, as I was watching that Civil War game, I'll be honest with you, I wanted to just tune back to the Auburn-Alabama game for the most part because— too, yeah. I, I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I was yeah, I was kind of doing some updates on the game, writing a little recap for it, and also paying attention to that Iron Bowl, which was an amazing game. And there was another game going on, too, but there were like three really solid games going on while I was watching the Civil War. And Oregon, you know, they just, they just looked, they just couldn't capitalize. I mean, they would get down there, they would be right there in scoring position and, you know, fumble it away or something bad would happen. It just they could not pull away from the Beavers, even without uh, even with the Beavers without their starting quarterback in the game. Uh, it was just it was a little disappointing to watch. I'll take the W, Judah. But the final score being 24 to 10 uh, really doesn't tell the story. The Oregon State Beavers were right in it to the very end. They had the ball. Jamar Jefferson happened to fumble on the drive in which they could have tied the game right there. And I do believe if the Beavers had scored on that final drive, they would have gone for two. Yeah, I think they would have too. I mean, uh, it's something they've done before. so um, And have had attempted against them by Herman Arizona State a couple of weeks back. Well, that says the scene for the Pac-12 championship game. We'll also talk about the Big Ten, Big 12, and SEC coming up. Not much about the ACC here. Uh, it's Clemson's to win. Yeah. They're not going to lose. Thanks for playing Virginia. Although that was a fun Virginia Vodtech game from last Friday. That was a lot of fun to watch all the way start to finish. Pac-12 title, sloppy conditions in Santa Clara expected for Friday night. Uh, many of you listening to this hours before the game. Uh, the line opened Utah laying four and a half with a total at 50. But since then, as you mentioned, Zach, money coming in on the under, driving it all the way down to 46 or 45 and a half in some places. Meanwhile, money also on the favorite, Utah, getting them a couple of points higher to about six and a half. And some people say, hey, if you just wait until kickoff, that might get till seven, which is where you'd want to lay it on Oregon at that number at seven. But what do you think about Utah six and a half fair line there? Yeah, I think it's fair based on what we've seen over the last few games of the season. Oregon 
hasn't looked the same over the last two games. The ASU loss on the road there. I think in that game, you know, we talked about it. It was just a very, it was a trappy spot. Oregon had already sealed their spot in the Pac-12 championship game. It was a look ahead. The Civil War, just not really the effort we were expecting in that game. Meanwhile, Utah has just been dominating the competition. They've covered eight straight games since the USC loss. They've won and covered eight straight games. They're averaging 38.5 points per game, only allowing 9.5 points per game in that span. Wow. They've been outscoring opponents 129 to 25 in their last three games. So Utah has been just annihilating their opponents. Meanwhile, Oregon has been, you know, just barely getting by and, you know, losing. Uh, so Utah has the momentum in this game. I'm not surprised to see the line where it's at, but I feel better as an Oregon fan uh, with the Ducks as an underdog. Mm. I do feel better mm. in that because I was worried the whole time Oregon would go into this championship game with one loss against a one-loss Utah team, a chance to make it to the college football playoff, and I felt like no one was talking about Utah, and Utah was going to come in there as a very, very dangerous dog, and I'd be a lot more worried in that situation. So I feel good. Right. I feel good about the Ducks here getting six and a half. Yeah, and uh, with the total now going from 50 all the way down to 46, 45 and a half, how much of that do you think is stylistic related to the two-team style of play, Utah's defense? Oregon's defense too how much of that is weather related obviously both seem to be factors yeah I, I mean I think a lot of it is weather related uh, because you have Justin Herbert who can sling the rock you got uh, Tyler Huntley who's the most efficient passer in the Pac-12 this season he's been lighting it up I think he only has like one pick or something on the entire season so uh, both these teams though they're very defensive minded they're going to want to run the football Zach Moss uh, he's going to get a lot of attention in this game CJ Verdell uh, Habibi Likio, these guys are going to get a lot of work in this game. I do see that. And I know the Ducks this whole week have been practicing uh, with artificially wet footballs. They've been kind of soaking those balls, getting getting uh, Herbert ready to handle uh, the weather on Friday night. So I have no doubt with Oregon being used to the, the rain up here in Oregon and Eugene that they'll be ready for it. I do think that both teams will rely on the run game a little bit more, so I think the total speaks to that and the weather as well. And both of these teams have had a lot of unders on the year. Remember Oregon when they started the season? I think the total went under you know, the first six or seven games of the season or six of their first seven games. So I think that plays into the under in this game at 45.5. What is that? That's six touchdowns and a field goal. I don't know if I can touch it. I, I think overall I do like the Ducks plus six and a half. I think this is a really, really tight contest. I think Oregon is going to embrace this uh, this scenario where now they can be the spoiler and knock Utah out of the playoff because if Utah wins this game and the Oklahoma-Baylor game is a tight one and no one really pulls away or dominates, I really do think Utah has earned the right to be in the college football playoff this season. Yep, same with me. How much of this game do you think comes down to Justin Herbert's level of play as far as Oregon winning outright, let alone covering? Mm -hmm. Well, I'd like to see his confidence uh, get up there again because it seemed like he lost some confidence in the ASU game. And then in the Oregon State game, you know, some mistakes were made and it just it just he just did not look like the the first round quarterback that people have made him out to be. I remember last season when College Game Day 
came to Eugene for the Stanford game. They did a feature on him, and people were thinking he'd be the number one overall pick in the draft last season. And now coming back for his senior season, I don't know if it's necessarily helped him. I think it's hurt him, unfortunately. So I would like to see Herbert come out there and be confident and throw the ball confidently the entire game. Like, don't hesitate, you know, just let let the let the ball fly, you know, throw it deep, get it to your guys in space. I think Oregon does a lot better when they can just spread the ball out in space. And I just hope that Marcus Arroyo Uh-oh. can just come <laughs> up with a good offensive game plan in this is it one. too much to ask? Come on, man. I mean, it's it, there's rumors that this guy is, you know, a head coaching candidate for what is it, UNLV. Uh, he's gonna be he's gonna be one of those guys that some programs are going to target for their head coaching position. You know, probably some of those, uh, probably not any of the Power Five conferences, but I hope not. yeah, no, none of those. But more like a Mountain West team, if anything. Um, I just hope Marcus Arroyo's heads there. I hope Justin Herbert is confident, and I really do think the Ducks cover six and a half here. I think they have a really good shot at winning this thing outright, just because they're in the underdog position. Nailed it. Nailed it. All right, moving on to Saturday morning, and this is going to be interesting because the Pac-12 game, all eyes will be on that. Fowler, Herb Street, McGrath, the Chris Felica, the Bear, they'll be on that call, 4.30 ABC or 5 o'clock ABC Friday. And then you have Saturday morning, 9 a.m., the Big 12 Championship, which is also going to be watching the Pac-12 game to see what happens there. Oh, yeah. Because Oklahoma has got themselves a shot to try to make the college football playoff as well. Some believe if Utah even beats Oregon and Oklahoma finds a way to maybe cover against Baylor, Oklahoma will leapfrog Utah in those final bowl rankings when they come out Sunday. Yeah. But people seem to be split on that. <clears throat> Fine bomb. <laughs> Fine bomb. Idiot. Oh, my God. Jerk. Just a jerk. <laughs> now here you have Oklahoma-Baylor. 9 a.m. on, I believe this game is on, well, it must be on Fox, right? Oklahoma-Baylor. Well, well, you'll find it. Anyway, Oklahoma opened a nine-and-a-half-point favorite with the line at 63-and-a-half. Not much movement other than that, but the line is coming back in Baylor's favor right now. It's Oklahoma minus nine with a total at 64, 64-and-a-half, depending yep. on where you shop. Yeah, that's correct. And a lot of people saying, yeah, Oklahoma can jump Utah and get into the playoff. But I don't know. My argument here is like, why not Baylor? Because Baylor would be undefeated had they not blown that 21 point lead to Oklahoma earlier. Right. And I mean, if you're comparing losses, like let's say Baylor goes out and they beat Oklahoma in this game. Well, Baylor's only loss was to Oklahoma and Oklahoma's loss was to Kansas State and Kansas State's unranked right now. Correct. Right. Mm -hmm. So. I mean, at the end of the day, it's kind of like, well, why would you, I I don't know. I mean, yeah, Jalen Hurts, like, yeah, this team probably has better talent overall, but I just, why not Baylor if Baylor comes out and puts on a dominant performance and, you know, Utah loses or whatever it is. But I I just, I feel like there's a, there's some disrespect for the Baylor Bears uh, in this situation because no one's given them a chance if they beat Oklahoma to make the college football playoff here. Yeah. My other big question, too, we'll get to it, but I, if Wisconsin beats Ohio State, do they get in? You know, is that is that a thing? <laughs> so, Well, um, Wisconsin has uh, two losses, though. Yeah, yeah, they do have two losses. Because they lost as a 30-point favorite to Illinois. That's right. Yeah, that's that's what's going to keep them out. Yeah, yeah that's ultimately going to keep them out. In fact, they shouldn't even – there's a big problem I have with them mm-hmm. being ranked above Florida. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin, yeah. what the hell? What the hell? 
They lost as a 30-point favorite to Illinois. Yeah. It's Florida's bad. two losses aren't nearly that bad. Oh, yeah. I Florida's mean, two losses. Wisconsin shouldn't be over Florida. No, no. In my no, opinion. Definitely not. Humble definitely opinion. not. Yeah, no, that's that's correct right there. So Wisconsin, and, and we'll get to that Wisconsin game in a little bit here, but with this Baylor-Oklahoma matchup, I mean, we all know we saw it. Baylor blew the huge lead. Oklahoma came back to their credit. They fought. They won the game. Um, uh, or I mean, Oklahoma has won five in a row against Baylor, so they keep that alive. They're, they're 26-3 and three against Baylor all time, which is kind of crazy. Like, that's an insane record against Man. a team, you know, a rival team, whatnot. Um but both teams looking to make a statement in this game. Jalen Hurts has been absolutely terrific. 3,300 yards passing, 31 touchdowns through the air. He's, he's rushed for 1,200 yards, 18 touchdowns. So that's that's unbelievable. Jalen Hurts, I mean, I feel like he should get more credit than he is, but that one loss is taking away from it. Oklahoma's defense we talked about was really good early in the season. They allowed uh, They were allowing, I don't know how much they were allowing, but now in the last like seven games, They've allowed 24 points or more in five of those games. Meanwhile, Baylor's defense, don't overlook that. They've allowed 14 points or less in three of their last five games. And Baylor is one of the best teams against the spread this season at 8-4 and four on the year. Oklahoma, 1-4 against the spread in their last five games. So they're kind of stumbling to the finish line while Baylor has kind of remained hot against the numbers. So... All in all, Judah, I think Baylor is really disappointed in the fact that they gave up that lead. I think we saw flashes of what they're capable of. That secondary is very good. And I think nine points, I just I think it's too much. I think this is a good game. I think Baylor stays within nine. And just to clean it up, it's going to be on ABC. Excuse me. It's going to be on ABC <laughs> uh, Saturday at 9 a.m. and not on Fox. All right, that takes us to um, the... Well, I guess the next, oh, the uh, ACC game is after that in terms of kickoff time. Yeah. But we don't care about the ACC game because that's going to be easy. Uh, the SEC, there we go. It's going to be Georgia LSU, 1 o'clock on CBS for the SEC title. The SEC heavyweight of the world. Yep. Tigers and Bulldogs. Line opened LSU minus four with a total at 56. Since then, the under's been ticking in. And money's been coming in on the Tigers. Presently, LSU laying seven with a total at 55 or 54 and a half. Seven points. Touchdown favorite. Yeah, seven points. Can't say I blame people for laying it on the Tigers. They've been looking so good all season. Right. I I don't blame them at all. I mean, I'm I'm leaning LSU right now as, as I'm saying this, Judah. Even though, again, I'll say it one more time, Georgia, the team that I said, Best uh, value to win the college football playoff back after they lost that uh, that one game to South Carolina at fourteen to one odds. Now I don't know what you can get a map, but it's definitely not fourteen to one odds. No, it ain't. Georgia controlling their destiny here. If they win the game, they're in. If they win the game, probably LSU and Georgia is in. And no one wants to see two SEC teams in the college football playoff. Hell no. Unless you're Paul Feinbaum. And that <laughs> guy can, uh, you know, go do some bad things to himself. So, <laughs> um, but LSU and <laughs> LSU, uh, both LSU and Georgia, both teams undefeated against the spread on the road and in neutral sites this season. So that's cool. Both these teams are going to come in with some firepower. Georgia, the better defense, the old school offensive mentality, whereas LSU is sort of that new school. They got the high-powered offense, one of the best scoring offenses 
in the country. It almost seems like LSU and Georgia have flipped places now, and now Georgia's running that inept LSU offense. But actually, they're they're doing okay. It's just Jake Fromm is kind of inconsistent, I would say. But the good thing for Georgia is that Jake Fromm has been in these positions before. He's been in the national title game. He's been in the SEC championship game. He was in the national title as a freshman and nearly won the whole thing. So Jake Fromm, I'm not concerned about where Jake Fromm's head is going to be going into this game, but I am concerned with DeAndre Swift, who has a shoulder contusion. And if Georgia's not able to get the run game going, it could be a long day for Jake Fromm. Right. Uh, Georgia's number two in scoring defense behind Clemson, who uh, 10.4 points per game. And... They're one of three teams in college football allowing 75 yards rushing per game or less. And in fact, Judah, they've allowed 151 rushing yards to three ranked foes this year. Notre Dame and Florida, both they held under 50. So Georgia's defense is great. The question is, can they stop LSU's offense? And will Georgia's offense with a banged up DeAndre Swift be able to do enough to keep up? Mm. I... I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm going to go ahead and say that LSU covers the seven. Before that 52-point showing against Georgia Tech, Georgia hadn't broken the 30-point mark in six consecutive games. I think LSU gets there, and I don't think Georgia does, and that's why LSU minus seven is the play. There it is. And in the nightcap, the Big Ten title game down in Indianapolis at 5 o'clock. Ohio State, who looked so good against Michigan, they opened as an 18-point favorite in round two against Wisconsin with a total at 52. Uh, unlike the uh, three other games we've talked about, the total here opened at 52 and has since gone up to 56.5 and, a half and uh, 57 in some shops. Meanwhile, um, the uh, betting line has gone down in favor of Wisconsin, so it's down to Ohio State minus 16 and a half and a total at 56 and a half as well. Man, Ohio State's just way better than Michigan. <laughs> we found that out yeah. for a seventh year in a row. Justin Fields a little banged up with his knee brace. We'll see if that has any ill effects on his right. mobility or crispness. There were some moments in the Michigan game where he didn't look uh, great early in the game. Mm-hmm. Then as the game wore on, he ended up looking better. But they ran the ball at will on Michigan. J.K. Dobbins, electric player, one of the uh, guys that we should probably be talking about more for the Heisman and stuff like that, oh, yeah. just in terms of talent and production, if it wasn't for A, Fields, and B, Joe Burrow, who's probably going to win it all. Meanwhile, the Badgers, a team that uh, really couldn't do anything against Ohio State when they met in Columbus a few weeks ago. That was uh, one of Wisconsin's only losses. Of course, they ended up losing as a big favorite to Illinois later in the year as well. 16.5 Buckeyes, where do you kind of lean on this? Oh, man, yeah, the last matchup that they played, remember, I was all over that Ohio State line, laying the points, and that was that was That's one right, of the great yeah. calls I had all year right there. I was yeah. really confident in that play. Right in the 70% margin that you've been having all season. <laughs> <laughs> not quite, not quite. He was, I was rolling today with his Gucci bag and his, <laughs> his full of cash. I'm on my way to Vegas after we record this, so uh, I'll see you guys there. Yeah. Uh, so Ohio State, I mean, you mentioned it, they got three Heisman contenders, right? They got two on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, And then they have Chase Young. I mean, just an absolute monster on the defensive line there. This guy is going to sack the quarterback on every play, literally, unless they get the ball out quick enough, 
well, I mean, it's pretty much any play in football. But but this guy He's literally, he can he can absolutely affect the game like no other defensive player can. Uh, so that's going to be really fun to watch because last time they played, I mean, Jonathan Taylor was shut down, 20 carries, 52 yards. Jack Cohen was uh, forced to play from behind, which is what I expected. He only threw for 108 yards in that game. Dobbins, you just mentioned, he went off. 20 carries, 163 yards, two touchdowns. Fields was kind of limited in terms of um, in terms of his completion percentage, 12 of 22, but he didn't need to pass the ball too much because they had the lead, only 167 yards. But he did get th- uh, two touchdowns through the air and one on the ground. And then Chase Young, he went crazy. Four sacks, five tackles for loss. So, wow, what a un- game. Unless, yeah. Unless Wisconsin has an answer for Chase Young, I think it'll be a similar story in this one. Wisconsin's going to need to spread the ball out uh, in order to counter that rush from Chase Young. The problem is they don't really have that many playmakers to get the ball out to in space. So I think Jonathan Taylor will need to get involved in the passing game. Uh, Was it Quintez Cephas is their best receiver? He's got 45 catches, six touchdowns on the year, so he'll need to step up. Basically, the playmakers for Wisconsin on offense are going to need to step up because we know Ohio State can put up 45-plus on anyone in the country. Uh, And so I think think that I'd lean Ohio State. Dude, this is tough. It's a big line because it's a big moment. It's a big game. It's the Big Ten Championship, and we know Wisconsin is going to make adjustments. And again, you mentioned Fields' knee. Like, you know, is that going to limit him? You don't think this is going to be a 59 nothing? No, no, no. I don't think it'll be that. No, it won't be like that. But actually, the more and more I think about it, you mentioned the total went up from 52 to 56 and a half. The last game that they played, it was rainy, it was ugly. And ended 38 to 7, 45 points. I think I'm gonna go. I'm leaning on the over here, Judah. 56 and a half. I think uh, I think Ohio State gets up there in you know well into the 30s again. And I think this time Wisconsin is able to get maybe close to the 20s, maybe in the 20s. So I'm gonna lean on the over in this game. I don't think I can take a side because I could see Ohio State just rolling once again. Uh, if they're able to shut down Jonathan Taylor and force the the game to be on John uh, on Cohen's uh, shoulders, so I'm going to go over 56 and a half. Seems like a very heady play on your part. All right, so that mm-hmm. wraps up our Power Five uh, championship games: Utah, Oregon, Friday, then bright and early 9 a.m. Saturday for Oklahoma and uh, Baylor, and then the SEC title on Saturday afternoon: LSU, Georgia, and then Ohio State taking on uh, Wisconsin in the Big Ten title. All right, before we get to NFL, though, Zach, let's just make our picks for these games. Yeah. Who do you think is going to win Utah-Oregon? Utah-Oregon, I'm going with the Ducks. They're going to pull this out in a very tight game, very tight game. Like, I'm talking a field goal type of game. Low scoring. Like Camden Lewis, t- best in the country. Tw- yeah, that, that's ironic. 23-20 Ducks. 23-20 Ducks. All right, well, then, who do you think wins Oklahoma-Baylor? Oklahoma wins this game. It would have been sweet if it was Oregon and Baylor that won, and then it would be like, oh, my gosh, what happens? <laughs> oh, I know. Well, then that's what I'm saying. That, then like, the Wisconsin-Florida debate kind of opens up, right? Yeah, but then, like, why not Baylor? You know, it's like, Oh, yeah. Baylor? Well, yeah, Baylor. Yeah, it's like, yeah, why not? That's what I'm be. saying. Like, if Baylor they beats need Oregon. Them, they need Oregon to win. Mm-hmm. And but, then if they beat Oklahoma, like, why not? Why not? I don't know. I, they're, they're one loss. I mean, the two the teams behind them are two losses. So, come on. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I think Oklahoma wins the game, but they don't cover the nine. I'm going to say that this final score, we're going to go... We're going to go 35-31, Oklahoma. All right, and then uh, LSU-Georgia. I know you like LSU laying the seven. Yeah, LSU-Georgia. We're, we're talking a... Uh, mm, mm. We're talking mm. LSU 38. Four, 30, oh, you're going 40. Okay. Oh, 38? No, I 38, got you. Okay. All right, thir- just because yeah. the Georgia D. I mean, I know they can yeah. put up 40, but I'm going to yeah. say 38 to 20. 38-20, and uh, Clemson obviously is a winner. And, and in that game, in that Georgia-LSU game, I think it's close at half. Ooh. But I think LSU pulls away in the second half, and it's an 18-point game You know, at the end of the day, and it looks like it was worse than it was. Pick but six in that the fourth quarter drive yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. It's like Beautiful. 31-20 late, yeah. and then they pull away. We both have Clemson winning comfortably over mm-hmm. Virginia. And then uh, Ohio State-Wisconsin uh, going over. Yes, yes. And Ohio State winning. So I say all that to say when the bowl selection show happens Mm -hmm. Sunday morning at 9 a.m. West Coast, we think it's going to be Ohio State number one, LSU number two, Clemson number three, and in this version, it would be Oklahoma number four if they beat Baylor and Oregon beats Utah. I think that's the only way it'll happen. If Oregon wins and Oklahoma wins, I think think it's Oklahoma, you know? What if Utah wins and Oklahoma wins? If you Utah, yeah, yeah. If you you think Utah controls their destiny, I, I really do. I I a hundred percent do think. I think the committee is behind. I think they've shown that they're favoring the Pac-12 this year. You know, just by putting Utah ahead of both Oklahoma and Baylor this whole time over mm-hmm. the last three weeks or whatever. So yeah, I do think that Utah controls its destiny hands down. The only thing they need to worry about is the same thing the Ducks needed to worry about before they lost, and that's that Georgia needs to lose. And just, if you're a Duck fan. You got a couple of different ways you could get to the Rose Bowl this year. Yeah. You can beat Utah and go to the Rose Bowl. Yeah. You can lose to Utah, have Utah go to the playoff, and you go to the Rose Bowl. Right. (laughs) But if Utah does not, you know, go to the playoff, if they do get leapfrogged by Oklahoma, like many are suggesting could happen, Mm. then Oregon is Alamo Bowl bound Mm. on on, uh, December 31st. I just think people just haven't watched enough Utah football, let's be real. Like, it's Pac-12. A lot of times, you know, they're playing late. The East Coast doesn't respect them, and that's okay. But Utah is a very, very strong football team, and they deserve it if they win. Clear mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling really good about these NFL picks this weekend, Jude. I just have really? to say right off the bat, I'm th- seeing it. I think I went two and one last week, so bounce back. You did better than I did, but it's big bounce back for me. All right, well, I'll go first then because um, uh, I'm on fire. I'm on fire. <laughs> yeah, you go. I did this professionally. <laughs> um, San Francisco plus three at New oh! Orleans. Am I taking one of yours? You, you certainly are. But <laughs> hey. man, we just might have to. This hey. might be a consensus pick. Then that's fair. That's fair. That's we, can, right. we can share. There's enough to go around. I, why do you like the Niners? Well, I like yeah. the Niners for a couple reasons. I was actually impressed with the Baltimore game last week. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely thought they could have won the game based on a couple of different factors. But um, you know, it's weird. They play two such important games consecutively in the 10 a.m. window. I don't. I don't appreciate that. No. Between the Baltimore New Orleans game, one of those. Had to have been a Sunday night or a Monday night. Unbelievable. Game, unfortunate for them, but it could work in their favor. I don't really know. I don't know. I, I think 
just in terms of matchups on the field. San Francisco's defense travels. Mm-hmm. Their run game travels. Their run mm-hmm. game is unique enough, and mm-hmm. Shanahan schemes a beautiful run game. Mm-hmm. I just I love the run game. Monster could do it. Breida could do it if he's even playing. You know, with Juszczyk back and shifting and blocking and the way the tight ends block, and don't say George Kittle's not a good blocking tight end. Oh, man. Gottlieb. Man, Gottlieb fire He's the best. Bomb. He's the best. He's like one of the best blocking tight ends yeah. out there. So get out of here with that garbage. I think the matchups play well for the 49ers here. Uh, and I like their chances. The kicking game is just the one area where I really don't know. I, is Robbie Gold finally back? Because I saw they released Chase McGrath or whatever, and then uh, the Colts picked well, up the guy. Because he, because Gold, I think he attempted a long field goal right in the in the Ravens game, and he was way short. So yeah. I don't know if he, he's definitely not a hundred percent. And that is that is kind of a problem area. It's a big problem area. Oh, I have to go for it, then. but you got to yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, got to go know, for it. Oh no, might as well become a four down team. Oh no, I mean Kyle Shanahan. It's not like he hasn't gone for it before. So, and I don't think we're gonna need that field goal. I really, I just really don't think so. I think the Niners go in, and I, I, I agree. I was so impressed with the game at Baltimore, even though they lost. I. When when the Ravens line up for that field goal, I was like, man, if they make it, that's fine. I really don't care. The Niners played well, and this isn't the end of the season. This is one game. It's okay. Yeah. You well, know? and you never know this game too. I mean, New Orleans has this great defense too that no one mm-hmm. talks about because the names are on the offensive side of the ball, but they've got really good defense. Defense right. coordinator Dennis Allen does a great job with that unit too. So that'll mm-hmm. be a challenge for the 49ers, but I think Shanahan schemes up some yeah. something good for a win. And, and again, when I take them outright. Yeah, yeah Niners that's, outright. that's what I had here on paper. I had Niners money line. I mean, yeah. just take them outright because when the Niners defensive line faces a quarterback where he's not as mobile like a Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray, they're able to pin their ears back, dial up some blitzes, and I think they'll be uh, making things frustrating for Drew Brees. So, Niners, let's All go. Right. What's your uh, number two? Number two? It's if the, that's it, number one for you. Yeah, yeah. All let's right. just consensus pick on the Niners there. Okay. Uh, number two here. Uh, we're going with another three-point underdog, and I'm I'm doing the whole uh, head coach gets fired the week of, and so I'm going to back him. The Carolina Panthers, a lot, a lot of love for Ron Riverboat Rivera, uh, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he made a post about it, you know, sharing his admiration for Rivera, and I think the whole team really respects Ron Rivera, and I think that they're going to be fired up for this game, and I think that they're going to want to make a statement. Fired up. They're nice. going to be fired up. Wow, good one. You just <laughs> caught me on that one. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I think they rally around that. I think they put together a solid performance in a very important divisional game. Let's not forget, and the Falcons have lost two in a row. Like Everyone was saying, oh my God, the Falcons are getting hot. They won two in a row. Well, well now they lost two in a row, and so they're back to earth. Yep. So, uh, they're back Pan- to being the dirty birds. They're back to the, yeah, exactly. They're back to being the, the old Falcons, yep. and uh, the Panthers plus three that's a gift uh kyle allen he's gonna get it done christian mccaffrey's gonna have a big day and the panthers are gonna win this thing outright Ooh, all right hey look i won a houston texans lean last week can you believe it wow i know that's on big. new england <laughs> yeah crazy I, I almost can't believe it i couldn't but, believe it yeah honestly is it too crazy to fade the Patriots twice in two that, weeks? Okay, that that may be crazy, but I was thinking the same thing. I was looking at the Chiefs, trust me, but I had those scares. It's like the Sunday scaries. I was like, dude, you can't fade the Pats twice. No, you really cannot. Can that, you? That's why I'm going to try to do it because <laughs> I'm just that dumb and stupid, but give me Kansas no. City. 
plus the three. But the Chiefs really should win when you look at them. Like, they really should. Like, yeah. they're just a more talented team this year. The Patriots, offensively, they're missing so many weapons, no tight end. They don't have it in their wide receiver position. So I, I can totally see that, but it's just so hard to go against the Pats twice. Problem is, though, can't, or New England could have the ball for, like, 30 minutes or yeah. 35 minutes in this game. I, yeah, I feel like 38, Bel- 40 minutes in this game. Yeah, I feel like Belichick is just going to, like, really plan for, like, like, this is like a playoff game to him. It's like, it's serious. Oh, he, yeah. he means business. Oh, yeah. So we'll see on that one. But um, my final pick here, Judah, I, I think is my favorite pick. Well, I love all these picks this week. I mean, this is just cash money. The Titans minus three all day. Just all day. Woo, Ryan, good. Ryan Tannehill, quietly the most efficient passer in the league right now. He's leading in QBR, leading in completion percentage. The Titans look like a playoff team, and quite frankly, the Oakland Raiders, they do not look like a playoff team. They've lost two in a row. They got blown out by the Jets, blown out by the Chiefs. The Raiders have averaged 9.5 points per game in their last three games. The Titans have won five of their last six games, the last three in a row, and they're scoring 36 points per game in their last three games, including beating the Chiefs 35-32. to Not to mention, Derrick Henry... Oh, last three games, he's put together three 150-yard rushing games in a row. Wow. Five touchdowns in that span. He's averaging 7.3 per carry. So, I mean, the Titans, I just, I love them. I think they're going to continue to build on this win streak. They're going to inch closer to a playoff spot uh, at 8-5 and after they get this dub against the Raiders. So, lay it with the Titans. I'd take an alternate line, minus six. Wow. Take them, whatever. Wow. Just, I think the Titans win by more than a touchdown. Oh, man. <laughs> Could come back high. and bite me here. But <laughs> All right. Well, look, look, speaking of coming back and biting, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I don't really think Buffalo has what it takes. The Buffalo? Plus five and a half. <laughs> Plus five and a half at home. I'm fading Lamar. Oh, man. No one wants to do it. All right. Well, that's what the Niners got last week. Same line. Five and a half. And they covered. And they covered. Easy. But then, are the Niners the Bills? Oh. Well, the Niners did that on the road. Buffalo has a chance to do it at home. True. Yep. Look at that total. So, that would really be... 43 and a half. Oh, yeah. Low, low, low. So, that would really essentially be like the Bills eight and a half on the road or something. Yeah. You know. Or... or, uh, like three points. Don't give you three three points for all, no, neutral would be eight and a half then, right? Oh, really? So home field is more and like that, five or something? I don't know. Or is that well? Currently, they're five and a half point dogs at home. Y- yeah, that's right. That's so right. if oh, it was neutral, right. it'd be eight and a half. If it was Baltimore, it'd be eleven and a half. Yeah, in theory, in theory. Obviously, I think if it was Baltimore, it'd be like nine. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think neutral would be like six and a half, seven, seven, seven and a half, seven, somewhere around seven there. and a half, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Buffalo plus five and a half at the home. Gosh, that's don't play it, people. Bills Mafia. <laughs> Bills Mafia. <laughs> Last one. Um, or is well, that well, that's three actually. Consensus with the Niners. I got Panthers plus three and Titans minus three. Nice. And I did consensus with the Niners. Uh, Kansas City plus three and Buffalo plus five and a half at home. Ironically, I'm wearing my 49ers shirt right now, so let's go. Yeah, let's go. That's a little <laughs> bit of a Niners love when normally I don't give the Niners love. I know, I know. There's a little inventory in my heart for when they cash. You're a stand-up guy. That's right. Hey, man, been a lot of fun. Conference Championship Week should be good. Mm -hmm. We'll be watching the Oregon game with a keen eye and the NFL action after that. It's after Thanksgiving. This is when the NFL season begins. Yes, sir. Go Hawks.
Sunday night against the Rams. Everyone's playing the Rams. I everyone. know, right? Everyone. The Rams is... are in the spotlight every week. Yeah. So they don't deserve but, it. And everyone's playing tickets on the Rams, too. Yeah, yeah. I, don't... I haven't seen a single Seahawk ticket or backer for this. Yeah, that's interesting. It scares me. Another pick. Seahawks on the road, winner. <laughs> All right, he's Bonus. Zach Slagle. I'm Judah Newby. We'll see you next week on Bet the Game.